Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, Episode 20. Hello and welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake and here with me again is the Blizzard Navigator, Sandy McKay. Blizzard Navigator? Blizzard Navigator. Where does that come from? So I was trying to get a hold of you the other night, and you were oh, sick, okay. trying to navigate your way home in the storm. Yeah, yeah. It's like our first blizzard of the year here. And yeah. Anyways, we don't get much snow well, here in Hamilton, apparently. <laughs> we, it's hard to call myself a Canadian anymore because I don't have to deal with too much snow. And when I do, I, I cry and whine like a little baby. Yeah. Well, we shouldn't complain. This year's been pretty good. It has been. It's All cold. Right. Huh? It's cold. Oh, yeah, it's cold. So everyone should go to BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca and download our free gift. It's absolutely free. Sandy spent a lot of time putting this package together for uh, for you. So you should go and download it for free. It's the seven freedom activators that you can trigger in your property starting right now. Again, I'm going to say free gift for anyone who wants to go and grab it free at our website breakthroughreipodcast.ca while you're there check out all the rest that the website has to offer articles blog posts bios links and all kinds of other interesting things breakthroughreipodcast.ca yeah they can grab every episode that we've ever done on there too and a bit more info on each and everyone uh, all of our guests and, of course, Rob, we want to recommend everyone goes and rates and reviews us on iTunes. You can always use some more, uh, some more great ratings there. I'm sure everyone's loving the show, so you've got to give us five stars. And uh, always appreciate a review there, too, if you can write a quick note about uh, what you love about the show. Even if you want to give us some constructive criticism, we're okay with that. If you haven't given us five stars yet, I'm sure after you listen to this one, you're going to want to go and do that right away. That's a good point. This is a fantastic interview coming up. This is one of our best ones, I think. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I don't have enough good things to say about it. It's with Joey Ragona, and wow. Yeah, I think he his message is just tailor-made for our audience, too. There's just tons of value in this interview. And yeah, well, we can't talk about it for too long here. We'll get into it shortly. And just coming off your interview there with uh, Joey, at the end we were talking about uh, Tony Robbins a bit. It just triggered something in my head. I wanted to mention that I was just reading his new book. He just came out with his new book, first book in 20 years or so that he's actually written himself. It, it's just fantastic. I mean, Tony Robbins, when he puts his mind into, like his heart into something, he just, if you've ever, anyone's ever taken any of his courses or read any of his other books or anything like he really kills it and this book is fantastic it's called money master the game it's amazing i know he's spent a lot of time and effort into it and he's doing it for a great cause i I can't remember the exact thing but he's feeding 50 million people through the sales of this book it's something out of this world and so it's got for a great cause too and it's about investing it's all about money and 
how to invest wisely, and he's got just some of the most brilliant financial minds ever providing some real hidden gems in this book. I, I just want to recommend everyone to go buy it and read that book. It's fantastic. Well, if you don't want to read it like Sandy is, which I don't, but uh, I'd love to hear it, and that's what I do, so I use audible.com. And if you go to our link, which is breakthroughreipodcast.ca slash trial. You can get a free book just like that one to listen to. You know, it's a small fee and any month after that, you get one credit to go towards whatever book you want. It's a fantastic value. And while we're at it, I just wanted to mention um, at the end of the episode, again, I was talking about Jim Rohn and something that I've just listened to again is his weekend seminar. That kind of sounds boring, but it's not. It's very good for anyone that knows Jim Rohn. It's it was out in I think it was put out in 1999, but it's just fantastic. There's so much uh, great great stuff that he shares, and I'm listening to it on cassette because I actually have a cassette player in my truck still. I was but every say that. <laughs> every funny. couple of minutes, I've got to switch it out. You know, it says we come to the end of the tape, and I've got to reach back into the back seat and pull out the big case and pull out the next tape. So yeah, but it's well worth it. You know, the inconvenience. Well worth it for the material. Yeah. Oh, those Both those guys have so much great material. Like you can get all that on Audible too, right? So great, great tool there for everyone to go utilize. And I want to mention one more time again here, like I did last time, that I am uh, trying for the Newcomer of the Year Award. It's presented by Real Estate Wealth Magazine. It's going to be at the Investor Forum this March the 28th. So anyone who would consider nominating me, and I'd really appreciate it. So you can go and see all the information of what I've been up to and the things that I think qualify me for this award in the show notes, which I think we have up there, don't we, Sandy? Oh, yeah. We do. Yeah, so, you know, I really appreciate if anyone feels so obliged that they could go and nominate me for that award, that'd be great. And thank you in advance to everyone who considers doing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm predicting you're going to win that. I think you really are. I think you got some great uh, qualifications for it, and I know we've been promoting it. I think you're going to take it home. Well, thank you. I, I hope so. Mm-hmm. And there's just one more little quick tip that I wanted to talk about here before we get into our interview with Joey Ragona, and that is I just have a quick tip. And everybody knows this, but it's worth going over again just how important it is Sandy, to screen your tenants Mm -hmm. because right now we have a unit available and we've been going through some potential tenants. One of them in particular that I'm speaking about, she came with this package of information. You know, everything looked like it was nicely laid out. She had letters of employment and uh, credit checks and that kind of thing. And when you first get something like that, you say, wow, like this is a, this is someone who really, does their homework and comes prepared, but don't forget to look deeper into it because that's exactly what we did. When we actually took out all of our paperwork, started going through it, there was lots of little inconsistencies and holes in the information that we were able to um, figure out that maybe this person isn't, maybe they're presenting a, a little bit of a mythical character and not exactly who they were, particularly with the credit scores because when I went back to her and I said, listen, you know, I really appreciate this package. It's great. It's fantastic. 
but we're going to need you to you know fill out our application just like everybody else. So at first she said, because it was in person, she'd come back to see the place again. And she said, uh, well, she wanted her package back. Right. She said, uh, yeah, that's great. I'll, I'll do that for sure. Thank you. You know, I, I have no problem with that. But then I never heard from her again. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, uh, and I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I was dodging a bullet. Who well, knows? Hey, but That's the great thing about investing in areas with good rented, like low vacancies is – you're better off just sacrificing. Maybe she was great. Maybe, but if you have a little bit of a doubt, why not just wait a little bit and find the next one that that's great? Because there's a lot of great ones out there. Yeah, but I just think it was important to stress that. Oh yeah. Don't don't get fooled. Do your do do your due diligence. Yeah. Make sure easy. that you check everybody out. And she provided a credit report, but when I started looking at it a little bit closer, didn't actually have anything on it that linked her name to the credit report that she provided. Oh, really? Yeah. So just little things like that and some different spots where, well, I won't go into too much of it, but just it's very important. Yeah. Everyone screen your tenants. All right. So let's get into the interview. It's lengthy enough, but it's just so good. And usually I would intro it with a few different points that we're going to talk about. There's just so much value, I think, in this interview with Joey Ragona. We're not going to waste anyone's time. Let's just get right into it. Let's let him bring it. And um, here's the interview with Joey Ragona. Sandy and I are very pleased to introduce our guest tonight, Joey Ragona. Joey, how are you? Hey, I'm doing absolutely fantastic today, guys. How about you? Uh, Fantastic, yeah. Really excited to to do this one, Joey. um, Yeah, me too. Yeah. So um, for for everyone who, who doesn't know Joey yet, Joey... Just briefly, Joey focuses on helping passionate entrepreneurs and small business owners achieve more time to enjoy more life and freedom by strategically building a profitable and less chaotic business without all the sacrifice. And he inspires and encourages young people to become entrepreneurs and master their passion. And that's just a brief intro. Um, I'm sure, Joey, maybe you want to add something to that? Yeah, you know, guys, it's really simple. I'm a simple dude. You know, I've, I've, I don't got an ex- extravagant lifestyle or anything like that. I absolutely love business and marketing, and I live to teach people what I, what I learn. You know, you, you probably heard the saying where if you teach people what you know, you learn it better. Well, yeah. that's kind of what, what my life is all about. Cool. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, uh, another thing I just wanted to mention is I've been listening to your podcast, The Entrepreneur Life. And what I really, really like about it is that it's about four to five minutes long and you jam just a lot of great content in there. But not only that, it sounds fantastic. The audio quality (laughs) is fantastic. And if we were on a different show, I would monopolize the entire interview just picking your brain about how to make uh, ours sound better. But we're not going to do that. So instead, (laughs) I'm, I'm totally honored. Thank you so much. Yeah, and, it's, and by the way, Joey owns some real estate too, I believe, right, Joey? So there is some real estate. Uh, we're going to oh, talk yeah, about some real things. estate here too, right? Yeah, a couple of those things in the background there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Joey, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and your business? Okay. Um, where do I start? I think that, you know, I, I think the business really, I owe it a lot to my wife. You know, she's she's been the real background of it all. She's so supportive and the business uh, wouldn't be here without her because I've been through so many different, um, I guess, career jumps, you know, as, as I go. 
So the business right now, is, as Sandy pointed out, was that I'm coaching entrepreneurs and small business owners just to build a business that they can remove themselves from and enjoy life right now, like today. I think that's what it really is all about. And I think that everybody really wants that. They want personal freedom, but they sacrifice their life and they really don't realize they're doing that. And it takes them sometimes decades to figure it out. So my job really that, that I've kind of positioned myself in is to stop people as quickly as possible to, you know, to, to not give up their lives in the moments of their life and regret that. Because we've all heard it. We all know the cliches. But it's when you're inside and you're involved with that and you're, you're immersed in it, you, you kind of really don't see how fast your life is going past you. And I think you, you need outside sources to kind of just put it in front of you. And, and that's a huge passion for me. So that's, that's where the business is. The real estate part of it, um, I don't live for real estate. There's a lot of people who do and they love it and, and they'll, they'll tell you that it's their passion. But I think that, you know, when they, they cross passion with uh, excitement, you know, and it could be really exciting to do real estate and everything. But um, for me, it's more about foundational wealth and it's doing really, really well. It's on a, an autopilot and all that. And we'll talk about that. But really, it's all about, you know, building a business where I can choose to do what I love to do, which is do this, you know, talk to people like you, like-minded and get the message out to the world and just make a little bit of a shift. You know, if, if we can touch one person, and it, it kind of sounds like the old saying, right? But if I can touch just one person and shift their mindset just, just by this podcast, and even if I don't know about it, it's, it does, I think that I'm doing my purpose. And your life hasn't always been like that. It took you a while to really learn that. I, I know this from listening to your show. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have an interesting story that you, you were working and working and working your life away just like one of the people you were describing there. Do you want to tell us how, you know, sort of take us down the path of where you started and, and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, you know, I started as a, a club DJ. So I was a professional club DJ. And uh, it, was, it was around 18 years old. I started a distribution company. And in three years, I had over 5,000 customers worldwide. So this is 1984, 85. So I'm really dating myself here. And <laughs> you can figure out with the math how old I am. But uh you know, th that's, there's no internet at that point. So you can imagine the time and effort that I was putting into to have a worldwide distribution company. And I quickly really became one of Toronto's most well-known club DJs. And that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I, that was my big passion then. And I had my own remix show and nightly on-air shows and on dance stations, Energy 108, Power 88, Hits 103.5, which is now turned into Z1035. So I was working in the studio and then, well, actually – you know, to, to go ahead one more, one further step is that I started a uh, remix studio as well. So I was literally working 15 hours a day because I had to produce uh, the radio show. I had to produce my nightly remix, which at that time used to take six hours to produce a 15 minute mix because there's no digital stuff like there is now. And, and then I was working on the weekend. So I was working from Thursday to Sunday in the clubs live, but I had a radio show as well overnight. So those shows had to be, you know, pr uh, produced and they were playing while I was at the club. So there was a four, four or five hour show each day that had to be produced during the week that had to be run. So you're getting where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was just crazy. There was so very little sleep and just trying to get this done. And I would tell people that, you know, I'm doing this all for my family. And 
really it was BS. I wasn't really doing that. It was it was for me. It was for my ego, and it was just really for me. And we got to live our lives for ourselves, right? I'm not taking that away from it, but. What I really look back on was the fact that I never saw my son grow up because he was just born. He was just three years old or up until he was three years old. So for three years, I was in the studio downstairs in my basement just living a life like this, emerged in, in the studio. And I'm only 20 steps away from him. So I'm missing very important parts of his life. Thankfully, he's, he was only three and he doesn't really remember that. But it really, you know... It, it's it's part of who I am and, and, tr- and part of what I'm trying to help other people realize of what moments they're actually giving up. So that's when I, you know, started understanding that it was more about life's moments now and, and trying to build a business that where you could live your life today and not worry about, you know, building it up and, and living later. And then what happened was in 2000, uh, I gave that up. So I spent like almost 30 years in, in the music business in 2000, I gave that up and took over my family company in 2003. My daughter was born. And, uh, and then in 2005, I sold my family company, my shares in, this, in the family company. My dad passed away in, uh, in 2000, 2001, I should say. And then what happened was I found that from 2005 to seven was when I started learning about real estate. I didn't know a damn thing about it. And I just figured, okay, you know, I've got this money that I've, you know, just got from the company I sold. What am I going to do with it? And I was at the position where most people want to be at what they're striving for, which is debt-free, paid-off house, you know, cars, nothing. There's basically no debt and I've got some money. So what am I going to do with it? Am I going to go to Hawaii for 10 years and just party and then worry about it later? Or am I going to do something with it? And for me, it was about, you know, doing something with that money because it was my dad's legacy. And then that's when I st- got into real estate and and I just started buying real estate and, and figuring out, you know, what I'm going to do with this. And the coaching came in afterwards, sitting beside people who were trying to build a life and, and build a business, but had no real understanding of what business was. And I found that that was a niche for me because I grew up in business. That's all I did. And I learned that there's a difference be, between commitment and interest, right? And I learned about loyalty and I learned about, you know, what it takes to really build businesses. And I think that's one of my biggest, I guess my biggest strength is that I've, I've got a full 100% belief in myself without having the pathway to, to see first, right? Like I just jump and I learned that from my dad. But what I also learned from my dad was that he never had a life. So up until 58, you know, when uh, cancer told him, listen, you better have a life, you know, that's when he started making decisions and changes. And it took me years after his death to really understand what his death was all about and what his life meant. And and that's kind of where I stand because, you know, that's the message that I learned from that. And I don't want, and I was understanding that I was be, becoming the same person mm-hmm. and I was giving up my life. That makes sense? It does. And so your clientele, like, is it mostly people in real estate or is it a mix or what kind of people do you coach? It started with real estate entrepreneurs, definitely. Now it's, it's kind of crossed over to, you know, entrepreneurs and small business owners. And it goes from people who have MLM companies all the way to, you know, you name it, they're, they're there. Okay. All right. Very, very good. What were some major challenges you faced early on in the uh, the entrepreneurial journey and how did you overcome them? Maybe what are a couple of the main ones? 
um, the one that comes to mind would be with my first company I told you about, and I was almost going bankrupt and, and being sued by my suppliers. So I was sued. And, you know, honestly, I really didn't overcome that. If, if you want to, I don't want to use the word overcome because what I did is basically pay the suppliers. I was sued and I paid them. And then I shut the doors of my company. So I, in essence, I kind of ran away from it. But it really taught me a lesson about money management, which is why today I have a B and C plan in place for my business and cash flow. So I never use the entire capital. And, and hopefully we'll touch on that too And when it comes to the real estate and the joint venture part of it. Mm-hmm. Did you have a, a big aha moment, whether that be in real estate or I know like I, I have aha moments every day basically, but what was some that stand out for you uh, throughout your career? What I just spoke about with, with learning that even though I was really successful, I was making a lot of money in the clubs and, and quote unquote successful, you know, I got the air quotes going here, that I didn't have a life. That was a big aha moment and half of my life was gone. I was 40 years old when I figured that out and it was just, well, I really got to do something about this and because my business was holding me hostage. I really was missing the important moments and of my life and, and my children's life. I think that was the biggest aha moment. Okay. And when you get caught up in it, it is hard. Like how do you dial, how do you dial it back? Like these are the kind of things that you teach somebody, I guess, is it's pretty easy to just get completely submersed into what you're doing. I do it all the time. And mm-hmm. luckily I have, my wife does put me in check and then I do realize that, Hey, I'm letting time go by. I was just looking at a picture. My kid had his third birthday on Sunday and uh, I took a couple pictures of him. I was looking at them today and I went, man, like those, those, they're not babies anymore. Like what happened? Right. So it is pretty easy for it just to slip by. So when you get wrapped up in it, you must have some tips on how to dial it back, how to get yourself out of, out of that and, and start living for your life instead of your business. Yeah, you know, you know, with my life in the last couple of uh, years, masterminding with some of the world's biggest entrepreneurs, what it, what they've taught me is how they live their life, and the way I dial it back is really, really simple. Because it was John Asaraf who changed my life about uh, I don't know three or four years ago, and we were in a mastermind together. And you know, if you don't know who John Asaraf is, he he you know went from I think it's. He had a uh, real Remax company in Indiana and took that to $5 billion or something along those lines. I can't remember the numbers, but huge. Guy knows a lot about business and real estate. Um, so I asked him, you know, listen, what can I tell my clients in, you know, one thing from your knowledge about business and one thing about the personal side? And in, in business, I'll share that with you. He said, you know, get hire people who play in what you hate to do. And that's kind of a 10x on the delegation idea, right? Mm-hmm. Where you get an accountant or something who just, when they get out of bed, that's all they want to do is open the spreadsheet and QuickBooks and do their thing. Oh, yeah. That's an A player. So you, when you get those people, your business just explodes. And they're, and they're not easy to find. That's the business side of it. But on the personal side, he told me, ask your clients what they're willing to trade their life for. And... When he told me that, I, I still remember, I still get emotional right now telling you this because it was, it, was just, uh, it was just like he slapped me in the face. It was like a brick to the face because that's what people do. That's what I was doing. That's what everybody does. We trade our lives for 
the moment. We're, I'm trading my life right now for this moment with you, and you're trading it for me, right? At the end of our lives, are we going to regret this? Was it worth it? So when my daughter comes up and says, Daddy, can, you, can we go play you know, basketball? And I'm sitting here on a Word document. <laughs> I look up on my wall, and I see those words. What are you willing to trade your life for? So is the Word document more important, or is that 15 minutes with my daughter more important. So that's what dials me back. When the phone rings and I don't have um, a scheduled appointment, I think, well, is that phone call worth my time that I've scheduled for something else in my life right now? What am I willing to trade my life for? That's great. Yeah. It really gets me thinking. Yeah. Um, that's what John did to me, man. Like, I mean, it, it's, I, I used to be able to, when I told that story, literally, I, I came back and told the story to my mastermind groups and, and coaching clients. And there, for, for the longest time, I couldn't tell that story without getting a lump in my throat. It, it, just, it just changed my life. Well, I mean, if that was, if that was written in front of me and I, and I saw it everywhere I went, let me tell you, I'd never do anything <laughs> besides just hang out, <laughs> hang out with my kids. Well, you know so what? So I, I need to put it in my pocket at some point, I guess, for a little while. <laughs> but, <laughs> Well, it's, it's literally sitting right here in front of me as I speak to you. And the, the way that I look at this is I just want to expand on it to, to explain to your listeners what it really means, okay? And I explain this to my coaching clients all the time because people come and say, well, I, I want to start a business or I want to have my own business, but I have, I've got this other job and I hate the job. And my job is to really get them out of what they hate and go do what they love, right? So when I explain to them, I say, listen, you know, if you're not willing to, to move forward and and face fear and do things that you're not willing to do or, or get out of your comfort zone, then you're trading your life for something you hate every single day. Mm. And that's how I kind of, you know, motivate them to, to move because that's really what they're doing. Cause I don't expect you or anybody else to quit their job tomorrow, but let's make small movements towards quitting your job to do something you love to do. So then what are some of the common issues and challenges that people face if they're going to move in that direction? All my coaching clients come to me for the same reasons. Basically, they lack direction and focus because they're procrastinating, because they don't know exactly what, where they're going. They, they lack time management or they want better time management in prioritizing their, their day and structuring their day being productive and balancing life because there's no separation from business and family life. They, there's just no separation there. And they want financial independence like we all want and financial happiness. They don't want the pressure of the bills anymore. So finding JVs and getting like more than 5,000 bucks a month and a solid investment portfolio, that's a big one. That's a challenge. But that all leads back to clarity and direction and focus. So you know what? This will tie in perfectly right now. I'm going to hit you with this. Uh, <laughs> um, so I was listening to your show, like I said, and you had a really interesting tool there. I was wondering if you would be willing to share with our audience. It was your life balance wheel. Yeah. Um, that was a PDF download, I think. Is there? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and maybe where where our listeners could go and, and pick up? Because that's a perfect tool. It ties right in with what we're talking about right now. Yeah, so the life tool or sorry the the life wheel is a tool that a lot of coaching co companies use and coaches use that and what it really does is it's kind of a measurement of how you you see yourself every single month. So with my clients, we do that exercise all the time. And it's really a reflection on truly like how do you 
believe you are in areas of career or your environment or your relationships, uh, how you feel about money and or where you think that your, your money is and, and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of rate yourself. And if you're really truthful about it, you can see that you don't have a perfect circle. You connect the dots and you don't have a perfect circle. So if if I was coaching you and I saw that and said, okay, well, you you say you want to talk about your career, but your relationships, you feel as though you're at a three. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? And so it kind of pinpoints the area that you should be concentrating on to try and get that wheel you know, as circular as possible, right? As round as possible so that if you virtually kind of rolled it down the, the street, it would roll. Mm-hmm. And it's a really cool tool. And so if you want to get that, that's at strategicbusinessacademy.com, strategicbusinessacademy.com. And there's a resources uh, link right at the top of the page. And you can download it right from there. Okay. Well, that's great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose uh, the joint venture partnership aspect as a way to grow your real estate portfolio? I think it's because I didn't want to use up all my seed capital and be left with nothing in case an emergency happens. Really, you know, the money I have left on my line of credit, they're they're there as the B and C plan that I talked about earlier. So there's two reasons, right? In case that I have to close a property myself, if a JV kind of pulls out, then I have the money to do that. I don't want to be stressed. I don't want to be sued and and nothing like that. And it's also to protect and make my joint venture partners feel really comfortable because if any significant emergencies come up, like a roof blows up or or like something, something happens, right? Um, I can pay for it because a lot of people don't have 10 grand to fix a roof or whatever it is, or $20,000 to put in new windows or something, right? Mm -hmm. So that money is there to cover that. And then they can pay back the, the joint venture. So by knowing the direction and knowing where you want to go, then you can set your business up and say, okay, well, I've only got 100000 or 200000 here to invest. I could go out and do this and then go, holy crap, I, I need to buy more properties. I better go and get JVs, right? So they're, they're kind of situational investors where I'm kind of pre-planning going, well, if I want 20 properties all paid off, and I don't want 20 JVs, and that means I need you know, two JVs per property. That means they need 100000 each. You know what I mean? I plan it all out, and then it allows me to structure my, my business better. And that's, for me, was like, I can't buy 20 properties all by myself, so I'm, I'm going to need JVs. When am I going to need them? And what's going to make me feel comfortable bringing them in? You know, do I want my back up against the wall like I did back in Spinning Sound when my suppliers were knocking on the doors waiting for their money? And so you've created the joint venture presentation formula. That's a program that, you, that you're offering. And do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I'd love to. That's two years in the making. And when I started learning about real estate, I thought I was a hero in 2008 going, okay, I know it all. I'm just going to go and get these joint venture partners. And I found that you know, learning and using other people's systems didn't really work for me because it was all about real estate. And I just never got joint venture partners. And I find that a lot of people are in the same boat. And I think that the joint venture systems that are out there are fantastic because they teach you a lot about the fundamentals and the structures and all that. But it, all, it always comes back down to two things, and that is finding the JVs and then how do you present to them. And then I, I look back and said, well, what did I do in my life to build my business? Even back in Spinning Sound when I'm building a business through advertising and newsletters and how am I getting these DJs to pay me? 
three times the amount of a regular record that they could buy at the store. You know, how did I do that? And I started applying different marketing techniques and strategies to the joint venture world or to the real estate world that nobody was really doing. So the, the joint venture uh, formula is basically a way for people to attract their quote-unquote ideal customer, but using a different mindset and strategy, which is basically going after one niche of a market, right? Marketing is all about not how much you can sell to everybody. It's who you can sell to like one group. And that's kind of what the formula is all about because of all the people that I've, that I've talked to and coached along the way, their problem is that they think that they need to convince people. And if you're trying to convince people, you've already lost the game. Mm-hmm. And my view is I don't really want to have to go out and speak and, and try and learn what the pains and frustrations are of people, right? If I have the same message that I know my, my customer so well, it attracts the right customer to me, I'm going to continue to put that same message out wherever it is. And that attracts people to me. And I don't really have to work hard to convince anybody because the message is so related to my avatar to my my customer and that's what the formula is all about is giving you back your life so you're not chasing customers or jvs all over the place uh, so yeah. how did you get jvs just to step back quick a little bit yep where, where did the jvs come in for you like when when did you think oh crap i don't have enough money here to buy all these properties i need better go search for some jvs or was that always the plan from the beginning or like how many properties do you did you maybe have in your portfolio before you stepped out and looked at JVs. Yeah, for me it was it was day 1. So I had one property. Okay. And I'm an absorber of information. So I went out and bought all the programs. I wanted to learn everything I could, um which is a problem with a lot of real estate investors too. They're they're in that zone of just in case learning and not just in time learning. <laughs> so but but I used actually used the information, right? So I went out and I and I said, okay, I need JVs, and that's when it was 2008. I bought my first property, and I started. I went through the co- the whole course in two days, and I'm, now I'm out there. And I'm a hero, and I'm doing all these, you know, these presentations and all this kind of stuff, and it just wasn't working, and I couldn't understand why because where where I live in my area, um, we have street parties all the time, right? <laughs> so it was like this is going to be easy because everybody there has their paid off houses. They're all bankers and stuff, right? It's going to be easy. And nobody, nobody bought. Nobody understood what I was talking about. And I'm out there try- hammering, trying to convince them, well, you don't know what you're talking about. And it really made me understand, well, now I, I really can understand why. And, and the reason is because I know my avatar so well, my, my customer, that these people around where I live, they're not my ideal customer, mainly because I don't speak their language. They're all bankers and financial people. And I'm a, I'm a simple dude. I'm a DJ, right? I don't speak that language. So I can't relate to them. That's, that's problem number one. Number two is that I never understood why they wouldn't invest because I'm trying to convince them, listen, you've got dead equity sitting in your house. You, got, you can just put a line of credit and, and do this. And I'm explaining the situation. But the real problem is that they're feeling in their mind going, Listen, I just paid off my house. I, you know, I've lived my life to pay my house off, and now you're asking me to go back into debt. So that's their frame, right? That's their perspective, which I never understood back then. I mean, now if I probably went to try to maybe convince them or, or speak to them, maybe it would work. But that's kind of the realization of understanding who your, your client is or who your customer is. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, it was right away. I wanted JVs. So, yeah, it's, it's, sorry, go wrong. 
Well, I was just going to say it's really interesting because I haven't been in front of very many potential joint venture partners, but a few. And um, I find that what I do, and I and I'm pretty sure it's a mistake, is I find myself getting technical and saying, well, look, this is what it can do. Here, check out this spreadsheet. And their eyes just glaze over and you're done. Right. So, That's right. <laughs> yeah, so, the, yeah, this sounds formula. like a course right up my alley. <laughs> uh, I'll hook you up right after the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think the formula really is – what I found – Coaching, like I really learned a lot from coaching entrepreneurs, like real estate entrepreneurs, because most of most of them are are linear. They're, like they're they're very right or sorry left brained people. They're very logical and they want the steps. And I'm not like that. I'm more right brained. I'm just like, hey man, don't worry, we'll get to it. And I had to learn how to teach them and with frameworks and all the other kind of stuff. And what I found was they were missing the big component of why they were missing moving people down the pathway of saying yes. And that was that they were not connecting to that emotional side, like you just said. It's all about data and logic and you know charts and all that kind of stuff. And people are like, great. Because realistically, you both know that if we went out in the street today, right now, and said, hey, guys, anybody interested in real estate? Everybody would say yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're all and, – and people would say, well, I get all kinds of people who, who are interested. Well, really? Are they truly interested? It's just like the weather. It's it's just something you talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what what this is all about is who's your ideal customer? Because I think really, guys, it's about what is your business first, and how do JVs fit into your life? Right? I just told you that I want twenty properties, but I don't want twenty JVs. So that means I need ten, and and depending on what I'm buying, well, there's a minimum I need from JVs, right? Mm-hmm. So right away, I kind of know who I'm going after. And I think that's the most important thing is finding out what is your what is your plan first and then how do the JVs fit in. And then you, you start looking for those people who have a similar problem that they want solved and you can come in with your real estate solution. And it's about an emotional connection because we all choose to do things emotionally first. And so to get this straight, everyone's ideal joint venture partner is going to be different, right? Right, right. Does that work into your program in, in, in a way? Like you're not de- necessarily teaching this is how you get a JV because there's so many different scenarios, right? Someone could right. be looking for a JV for a $100 million development project, you know, or they're looking for that single family, hundred hundred or $200,000 single family property too. There's a big difference on, well, certainly financially, what your JV is going to have capability of and also just their personalities and everything, right? I, you know, that just reminds me of Dragon's Den. I haven't watched much of that, but my dad was down not too long ago, and, and he says, have you ever seen Dragon's Den? I said, you know what? No, I actually haven't. So we threw it on. Those people that are up there, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that show, but they, mm-hmm. these guys are big entrepreneurs, right? And they're they're not basing – the guys that come out and present their product or service or whatever it is, they're not coming out with a bunch of numbers and telling them – uh, every different aspect, ins and outs of the business. They're saying, you know, this is my idea and getting them excited about it. And if they can, basically what I've seen is if you can get somebody excited about your idea and prove to them that it's going to work, well, that's more important than exactly what the results of the partnership are going to be, I think. That's what I've well, seen anyway. Yeah, you know, there's there's two points to that. One is the fact that 
um, if you're talking about dragons, then you'll know that you'll notice that the people that are get that get turned down, they have great ideas or they're very passionate entrepreneurs, and sometimes they get turned down. The reason they get turned down is because they haven't done any research. It's it's about them saying, "I think this is a great product because," and that's the opposite way of doing things. So it's basically going out to the market and saying, "Okay, what problem is there out there that's not being met right now that?" I can discover as a niche because most of us go out and we try to find or sorry, um, choose a niche. Here's, here's this thing. And I'm going to go and position myself there, right? That's the problem with those entrepreneurs, but the ones who come in there with the data and the proof and they've asked the customers, those are the ones who get the deal. Okay. So if you relate that back to the joint ventures, then it's all, it's, it's all about solving someone's problem because the numbers and the data, it's basically, if you go to a let me let me back up and say if you go to right now if you bought a car and the guy goes well guess what it comes with air conditioning really does that turn you on like they all come with air conditioning it's not it's not a big thing but if the air conditioning was you know what it cools down your car in 2 seconds and keeps the temperature at you know whatever it is 80 degrees or 78 degrees whatever the perfect temperature is constantly then that's a that's a pretty big benefit from the feature of having an air conditioning right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's the same as your um, you know, same as your joint venture, the money's there. The, the ROI is there. Great. It's 15%. Is it 20%? It doesn't really matter. What is the benefit to the customer at the end? What are they going to do with the money? And you have to position yourself as the solution to go, I can give you what you want. They can get pretty much money anywhere. So you have to position yourself as the solution to give them what they want without them getting their hands dirty and giving them the benefit of what the money does for them. And you have to figure that out. And it's, and it's like, if you go after everybody with money, if you're just going after money, then that's going to be a really hard challenge. It's, it's very stressful because you have to figure it all out. Or you could try to use the formula, right? And just say, I'm going after this specific group. Guys, people who are 38 to 50 who have this problem and have these wants and desires, and they all think the same way. And whatever you say relates to them. And it's a, it's so much easier. This is very cool. Thank you for sharing so much with us. You bet. And so another thing too, I think that a lot of people have a problem with, at least starting out looking for joint venture money, is asking for money, right? And just getting their mindset on the fact that it, it. I think a lot of people feel like they're just looking for money, and they have this mindset of I need to get money, I want money, and and I think that's just the total wrong way to go about it. In most cases, at least, I think. It's just such a world of difference when you get to the mindset of these investors that you're going to be dealing with and and um, you know learning about and hope solving their problem. They have a problem. They're not their money is not working hard enough for them, right? Right. They're, they might not even know it, but you can change their lives drastically by giving them a say twenty percent return opposed to five percent return or whatever the numbers are. Yeah. But there's a big problem there for a lot of people I think and the amount of value you can add to that person with the knowledge that you have assuming you're a knowledgeable real estate investor is just massive and you can really change lives that way I think you gotta everyone's got to get away from that looking for money thing and just that mindset needs to change I, I think you'd agree with me Joey right yeah for sure 100% I think that there's there's too many people that put themselves their back against the wall and they've run out of money and they go out and they're desperate at that point yeah. And that's, and that people can smell that a mile away. 
So there are a lot of people who are just looking for money partners, and that's not the way that I look at it because it's a marriage, really. And that's why it's so important for me to understand who my partner is because I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I was coming back from Florida with my family, and there was a guy sit, sit, sit down beside me, and, you know, we've got our elevator hooks and all that stuff, right? And, of course, it comes into the fact of what I do, and I told him. And this guy was a very wealthy person, very cool dude, coming back with his family as well, and he owns properties in Florida. He owns commercial places here, and uh, he goes, well, wow, this is really cool what you do. Maybe I could, um, you know, joint venture with you type of thing. And I said, very cool. Here's what I do, and, and I do single-family homes, very simple, in Barrie and Cambridge, right? It got the same model, same streets, everything. It's very, very simple. And see, he said to me, well, I, I can give you money if you're interested in buying a commercial plaza in Toronto, and I said, no, thanks. Like, this guy's willing to give yeah. me money. because. But see, people just go after opportunities, right? And that would add more chaos into my life. So long story short, it's like three-hour flight, right? And by the end of the flight, he wanted to give me money to do what I do, which is invest in these little piddly single-family homes compared to what he's doing as a joint venture partner. Why? Because I turned the conversation to what it really meant for him. The guy was on his BlackBerry. He's stressed. His kids are all over the place, right? And I said to him, you know what? You know what it is for me? And I pointed to my wife in front of me and my kids over there. And I said, this is what it's about for me, that I can go back and forth to Florida or have a good time. And I'm not worried about going back to the office like you are right now. And I just called him out on it. And, and I said, like, how long are you at the office? And he's, you know, he's, he's very wealthy, like I said. And he's 12, 13 hours a day, same thing. And that's the emotional part I'm talking about because the money was not enough, right? It was always about something more for him, better schools and better clothes and all this kind of stuff. But I said, you know, dude, <laughs> you're stressed all the time. You're, you're coming down here to Florida just to pull yourself away from the business because you're never with your family. And that was the truth. So what I'm trying to do is build something that I could be with my family all the time and I could let go of some of the extravagant lifestyle. And I wasn't, you know, dishonoring him or telling him that he was wrong. I was just saying, this is how it is for me. So what I'm trying to tell you and, and the listener is that I shared my story. I, I was vulnerable and I held my ground because it wasn't about money for me. I could have got, I don't know how much, $500,000 from him, a million. And hey, great, I can go buy this commercial property and boom, I'm in the commercial world. But that's not what it's about for me. So if I told you you should be investing your money in Hamilton, that wouldn't go for you, work for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, because in my mind, I, I teach this to my clients all the time. Like, what's the most important thing to you? You know, is it appreciation? Is it cash flow? Is it tenant profile? You know, is it mm -hmm. location? Those are the four things that I really concentrate on. And if I asked you guys which one of those are more important, you'd probably say all of them. They're all important. But when you take those four... And you really prioritize, if you had to choose one of them, which would it be? And it, and it changes in your life, right? Mm -hmm. So right now, you could be a, a new investor, and cash flow is the most important thing to you. So that means if cash flow is the number one thing to you, then go find where the best cash flow is for you and invest there. So when I look at that kind of uh, charting system, you know, I, I think that location for me is the most important thing, the most I don't want it because I don't want to travel. So I know that I could probably get better cash flow in Alberta or maybe Hamilton, right? But 
I don't want to travel. So location is the most important thing to me. And then I don't want to deal with tenant profile and tenant problems. So tenant profile is second for me. Mm-hmm. So you see, I make choices in my life based on what is, how do I want to live my life? And then somebody will say to me, well, you've got property managers and teams that'll deal with all the tenants. Yeah, but I don't want them to deal with it either because it's going to trickle down to me too. So the better I can set up my team that they're really happy, everybody sleeps, I can sleep, everybody's cool. So cash flow really, guys, to me, is the last on the list. So really, you're reverse engineering your life, really. You're starting with uh, what, what does your life look like, your ideal life, and you're going back. And how do, how do I need to set things up to achieve that ideal life, right? Right, right. And isn't it interesting that real estate can cut – like you can go inside of real estate and, and work – within so many different aspects to get what you need out of it. That's just, that's really neat. Well, that's because, you know, a lot of investors, like I said, with all due respect, they they don't have a lot of business experience. And most of them in clubs and workshops and all that, they're going there to solve a problem, right? They're trying to solve their own problem, which is get out of a job they hate, usually. Yeah. And, you know, they want freedom and they want all that that stuff back. But they, what, what happens is, they there's two types of investors basically okay one is the is the investor that goes to workshops and events and all that and they do nothing because they're very scared right they're never going to move out of their comfort zone and they're always looking for the next thing to make the move they sit around for decades there's a lot and of then those, there's, yeah yeah so th- those are you know they're very hard to deal with as as a coach i'm looking at it from a coaching point of view right then there's the other people who are very the, – the pain is so much for them. They've got a burning desire to, to get out of whatever it is that they hate, right? They're moving away from pain. And they go in and they start buying, 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 and they're opportunity chasers all over the place. And then they find out that they've created more chaos a year or two years down the road mm-hmm. because they're chasing chaos they're, or, sorry, chasing opportunities, and they don't know where they're going. They just, they've just made a decision and go, and, you know what? I hate my job. I'm going to go invest in real estate because that's the, the golden ticket. But they don't have the business experience to go, okay, what do I need the real estate for? And this is why I bought my student rental. Right on. <laughs> there you go. You see? Like anything that we – that businesses have built, like the Apples and, and the Zappos and look at Richard Branson, like anything that these guys are doing, you can apply it to real estate. And that's exactly what I've done with the joint venture presentation formula is taken – you know, marketing ideas and things that are outside of this world that we're living in, the real estate world, and and bring it in and saying, you know, have you looked at it from this point of view and just apply it? Because if you're doing something right now, like if you're trying to get joint venture partners and you've been doing it for a year and it's not working for you, and then you don't want to try something new like my thing or somebody else's thing, you're going to be doing the same thing and it's going to get you the same result. Yeah. So my my view is, to try something new and you're going to waste the year anyway. So if you, if you did what I'm telling you to do and it didn't work, Hey, you're going to, you're going to do your own thing anyway and it's not going to work. So you may as well try something and see how it adjusts. Um, so what's your number one tip, Joey? And one thing I, I love that you already mentioned is being vulnerable. I really love that point that you've talked about a couple of times. I, I find yeah. that that's just huge in, in any form of marketing or sales definitely with um, searching for joint venture partners. But what's another, what's your number one tip for someone looking for joint venture partners? If say, if they're just starting out, we talked already a lot about it. I got, I got two of them. Is that cool? Oh yeah. 
definitely. So the number one thing is that focus on one specific audience. I think that's the most important. The, the people who have the same problems, wants, desires, because then the message and the presentation delivery is basically the same. You don't have to adjust anything too much. And then number two is don't wait until you run out of money to start looking for people because it's not really as easy as some of the gurus like to make it sound. You're like, let's be honest. You know, asking people for money is, is about the relationship. It's not about the deal. And the relationships regarding money, you guys know, it takes time to build. You know, we're, we're friends, but if I came to you and said, hey, man, can I borrow 50000 Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. You don't know me that well. Like, yeah. We have to build that relationship. So a lot of investors are in that desperation mode when they go looking for it. So my view is, you know what, if you've got 100000 and you can buy two properties, buy one and go start looking for the second one with a joint venture partner. Mm-hmm. And you've got that $50,000. If that killer, killer deal comes up, hey, you've got your 50000 to buy it yourself. Mm-hmm. But you see, one of the things that works in my in, in when I'm speaking to a joint venture partner, because I mean, vulnerability and, and transparency, right? Very important to me. When they see that I've got, uh, you know, $100,000 or so sitting there on my line of credit, they'll say, why do you need me? And, and I tell them exactly what I told you a, a little while ago about the B and C plans. And it makes them feel really, really comfortable because I kind of know what I'm doing, right? So I think that's really the biggest tip I can, I can say about joint venture partners. Pick one. And don't worry about selling yourself to everybody. Would you say, how much would, do you need to know about real estate, do you think? Do you have to have 10 properties? Do you have to, I know you only had one. Do you have to have any? That's a good question. I, honestly, the, the more experience you have, the better your, the chances are of you landing a JV. Let's be honest, right? Mm. So if you don't have any properties, here's, here's the deal. People want to know how you faced adversity before. Right. So if you if I went on stage and said to you, hey, guys, uh, I own 20 properties for the last 20 years and I've never had a problem. That kind of makes me a little weary Mm -hmm. because when something comes down, I'm not going to be able to handle it. I've never handled it before. So you really want to have experience behind you. Now, that's a big limiting belief for everybody I coach. So I kind of want to tread lightly when I talk about this, because. They're going to go, see, Joey said it, like, if you don't have experience, you can't go out and, and get JVs. And that's not true. The fact is that it's, it is going to take you a little longer to get someone to, to trust you. And that's why it's really important to have family and friends and talk to them a lot and, and keep sending your message out to those people that are closer to you, right? The, the, more, the more experience you have, the more education you could give to your joint venture partners, which is part of the formula, which is reciprocity, right? Give people, give people value, whether it's what you're learning and, and ideas to, I don't know, move their funds from mutual funds to a self-directed account, like whatever you're learning and you're showing authority, you're showing experience that way. And someone's going to take you up on it. Someone is going to give you that break. And I got a break too. Someone gave me that break the first time around too. And I, I had, I think I had two or three properties at that point, but still it wasn't really enough quote-unquote experience for that person, but he's a buddy of mine, and that's, that's kind of where it happened. See, I think there's a big difference between, like, you could potentially, what if I was to walk up to a group of people and just say, well, you know what, I'm going to renovate houses, you know, and I'd like some money to do this. Well, have you ever renovated a house? Well, no, I haven't, uh, but I painted my basement one time, so, you know, <laughs> I'm, or 
say that same person with no experience says, no, I've never renovated a house before, but this is exactly what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Here, here's my plan. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, you obviously, if you've done a few, then you know what kind of uh, pitfalls and unexpected things can come up. But you can create a plan if you don't have experience. Yeah, because it's it's education, right? You're spending a lot of time and energy in education, going to the workshops if that's that's what who you are, which you should be, and learning the fundamentals. And that's when you have to become a little bit more flexible in what you want. And that's kind of why. Um, I screwed up when I went looking for JVs because it, I, I really I had one, but let's pretend I didn't have it. It really wasn't anything significant. And I was saying, well, no, that's not the way it works. It's 50-50. You put the money in and I do the work and blah, 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 right? The whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just – I'm just following that kind of model, that plan and not understanding that maybe I've got to be a little bit more lenient on what I want. You know, and now to this day, even though I have experience and I'm doing it all and I've kind of, I'm kind of a sophisticated investor, I would say, I still really bend. I still give them, you know, the, the benefit is on their side. And people say I'm crazy, but it just makes my life easy and it's all good. Everybody's happy. And it's getting, sometimes it comes down to getting someone in on a deal, showing them, proving to them that you're, you know, you're a rock star and, and you're going to deliver on your promises and all that. If you've got to give up 65, 80, whatever percent of the deal to make sense, mm-hmm. the next time with them is just so much easier too. It's so true. That's what I'm saying is like, what do you, like, that's where you, you, again, you have to look at your business and say, what are my boundaries? What am I willing to do to get where I want to go? And if it's, I'm only going to go down to, you know, 30% and that's it, then that's your boundary. Right, so yeah. set up your boundaries. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I've talked to you that guys was a out. lot. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, join that. Yeah. You gotta we- leave something for the course, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so it's, where it's an intense they- course. Well, I guess we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. I was gonna ask about a, a book or um, anything you could recommend for someone—a book, audio, anything that that would help them in their business career or investment career in real estate. Well, I'm going to pull it back a little bit from the real estate world. It still applies to real estate. Uh, and because of, of all the clients that I work with, these are the main two problems. So I, I would go out and buy the, the Power of Focus by Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen, Les Hewitt. That's a, a very, very powerful framework book of focus because a lot of people lose that over, over their course of, of running businesses and real estate and all that kind of stuff. So um, it, it should be in your library. And the second one would be the e-myth revisited, the e-myth, because the e-myth is all about entrepreneurship and how to build a business where you could actually remove yourself. And it's so important to understand that even if you're an entrepreneur, it's, it's like, it's gold. But if you, if you don't have any business experience or you're just a brand new entrepreneur, you're, you're probably in a better position than a lot of us who have ex- experience in business because we're kind of trained already, right? It's hard to retrain our brain. Yeah. But new entrepreneurs are like, wow, this is awesome. And they start off on the right foot. So the e-myth is, is the way to go on, on the entrepreneurial book side. Do you have a quote or a piece of info or advice that's always stuck with you? And how has it helped you? First one, about 30 years ago, you know a guy named Tony Robbins? Heard of him. I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> this quote, uh, I was just to date myself again, listening to it on cassette tape. Okay, you can't change the world; you can only change how you react to it. So, yeah. 
it's again how I live my life because I know that I can't change what is coming at me. I can only change how I react to it. And that's going to change the course of my life and direction. And the second one is the one I told you from John Asaraf because it was, it's so impactful, which is again, what are you willing to trade your life for? I'm just writing those down so I don't forget them. <laughs> I love the first one. I love that. You, you can really go pretty deep with it, actually. When you think about it, it's a great quote. Yeah. Yeah, if I remember right, I believe Tony Robbins worked for Jim Rohn at some point. Yeah. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. he snagged that one from him because I remember Jim Rohn has won something like if you if you want to change if you want to change the world, change yourself and your world will change. Mm-hmm. Right. I believe that's his. Right. So. Yeah, so Tony did a lot of work with Jim as well from the, the beginning years for sure. Okay. Um so I guess let's wrap this up. Where can people learn more about you? Okay, I've got, uh, you can go to the website, which is engagedinvestor.com. Very simple, engagedinvestor.com. You can find out all about me there. Mm-hmm. And they can learn about the joint venture course there? Uh, the joint venture course, I believe there's a link there. I'll give, it, I'll give you the, the uh, main URL anyway. That's jointventurepresentationformula.com. Very simple, jointventurepresentationformula.com. Okay, and we'll put these links in the show notes. We'll have all the books that you recommended and and everything up there. So if people didn't catch that or have a chance to write it down, just just go to the uh, show notes and you'll be able to find that all there. Thanks so much for uh, being with us tonight. Really appreciate it. Hey, b- Thank- before we wrap up, sorry, I want one more thing, Joey. What's the see? This guy's wanting free advice, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to, I wanted to get one more thing and just to nail it down for our listeners. Like, who is the joint venture formula for? Who is it? Who should be really picking this thing up? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm glad you asked that. It, it's it's really for entrepreneurs that are that are looking for joint venture partners. I mean, that's a broad statement, but it, let's put it this way: if you are looking for big money, like commercial buildings and and you know. Um, plazas or apartment buildings and all that kind of stuff. It's not for you. This is this is something where it's the, you know, guys like me who are just speaking to regular Joes out there who want to partner up and have a couple of partners with them and build their real estate portfolio that way, like with a quote unquote normal joint venture partnership. So the 50-50 deals and that kind of stuff. It's not for the corporate type. I call them corporate deals. You know, this is uh, that's more of a pitch type of thing where you really have to understand, um, you know, how to go in and, and, and structure a corporate pitch. And that is a lot about numbers. So this one is more this one is for the majority of the real estate investors out there. But if you're looking for numbers that are, you know, I would say that are getting into the multiplexes of, uh, I don't know, six and up, then this is probably not for you. Awesome. That's why I wanted to ask that because I know a lot of our listeners are exactly that type of person and I can't endorse it enough that people, if you're looking to raise money, it's, a, I'm sure, a fantastic product to, to dive into and, and take advantage of for sure. Mm-hmm. So I want to definitely recommend everyone to go grab that. Thank you, man. And, and guys, you know, there's, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee on it as well. Like I, I stand behind everything that I do. Okay, well... Um... We're out of time, so I can't I can't go into how you set your show up and all of your filters and everything that you <laughs> use. So maybe I'll have to track you down at another point in time and just drag that all out of you. We'll make our show sound as good as yours. That would be great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, right. check out The Entrepreneur Life. 
uh, anyone on iTunes. I think, yeah, it's on iTunes if you it have is. a chance. And uh, thank you again. Appreciate yeah, thanks, it. Guys. Fantastic, Joey. Awesome stuff. Thank have you so much. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thanks. Bye.